adventures in love, sex, and dating. If you're just joining us, we have Susie Serendipity with her pick of the litter. Susie, how's it going? Pretty good, Linda. All right, well, the ball is back in your court, so let's get started. So, Bachelor 2, it's my birthday and we're going to a restaurant, but the restaurant has a two-hour wait. What would you do? I would order our food to go. Uh, maybe while you wait in the car with sunglasses on. And then we can go back to my place and enjoy a nice meal at home. That way people wouldn't see us together and get any bad ideas or anything. But at this point we'd be, we're dating already. Same answer. So Bachelor One, I just told you a story that's very traumatic and personal in my life that not many people know. How would you react? Whoa, kind of like when Luke Skywalker found out Darth Vader was his father? Uh, sure. Hmm. That was pretty intense, am I right? I mean, I'd probably just turn on Tom and Jerry. That little, those little cat and mouse always find a way of cheering me up. Uh, Bachelor 3, same question. Girl, let me tell you what I would do. I would take your hand and put it on my beating heart so you can feel the emotion I'm feeling. And after emphasizing, I would take you on my private jet and show you the whole world, show you all the finer things in life. That sounds so lavish. Well, it looks like it's time for another break. We'll be right back. ...is looking for. Are you who the person you are looking for is looking for? So many times we just want to find that right person that will complete us. Without actually looking, would I date myself? Without actually looking inside of us. Yes, we have insecurities, we have anxieties, we have problems with our sexuality, we got different problems. But if I just find that right person, all those issues will go away. That's all I need. We all grew up with Disney. So subconsciously, we just been trained ourselves that the only thing I need is just to find that right person and then we can just skip into the sunset and live happily ever after. I don't need to work on my impatience. I don't need to work on my anxiety. I don't need to work on my temper. Because if, if I find that right person, that person will never challenge me and never challenge my impatience. But we looked at, we looked at the mentality that we have is that if I find that right person that loves me for who I am and it's the best love we've ever had and no one's ever made me feel this way and I love you so much, baby. And if we have that chemistry, that surpasses everything. If we just have that perfect chemistry and we just hit it off on the right bat, right from the get-go, that's all we need. But the reality is so many of us spend one year, once we find that right person, we spend about one year planning this, this gorgeous wedding, find the best venue, best cake. But in reality, before that, we spend years and years and years building up habits, addictions, anxieties, poor relationships, financial debt, all the things that will destroy our marriage. We spend one year planning the wedding, but years of our life building the habits that will come and destroy our marriage. So our focus is not about finding the right person, or it's not only about finding the right person, but it's about becoming the right person. So in order for me to become the right person, we looked at a verse last week of St. Paul, where St. Paul says, when I was a child, I reasoned like a child, I thought like a child. But when I became a man, but when I became an adult, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So, men, with that being said, with that being said, 
This is pick on the men week. This is for us to learn how we can become the men that we were designed to be. Our world that we live in continues to show that it's the men in relationships that set the pace and lead the relationships. If you like it or not, if you like it or not, you're designed to do that. We're designed from our inside. Our innermost being was designed to lead relationships. So, the first man that ever walked on planet Earth was given two tasks from God. Take care of your city, take care of your wife. Take care of your city, all these animals, name them. And here's your wife, she is equal to you, she is your queen. Take care of her. So, that was day one of life on Earth. Now let's fast forward to the year 2015 and see where we are. Before we go any further, I want to read two poems to you guys. One by a male and one by a female. The first one by a male. You ain't nothing but a vulture waiting for me to mess up. You'll regret the day when I find another girl. She knows what I need. She knows just what I mean when I tell her, keep it drama free. I told you that I'm leaving, deuces. I know you mad, but so what? I wish you best of luck. And now I'm about to throw them deuces up. I'm moving on to something better, something better. This poem is written by a very eloquent gentleman that goes by the name, no one wants to say it, Chris Brown. Okay. So what is this beautiful poem talking about? Here's three options, multiple choice. A, is Chris Brown is Chris Brown is playing basketball with a girl and the game is all tied up and she says that you have to win by two, deuces. She, he doesn't want to lose to a girl, so he says he wants to move on to another game that's better. Or is he saying B, option B. Chris Brown is getting mad at his wait waitress at a restaurant and wants to throw up his deuces and move on to something better. Or is it three or C, is Chris Brown Chris Brown got bored of fooling around with this one girl and wants to throw them deuces up and dump her and wants to move on to another girl that's better. If you have figured it out, yeah, let's see. <laughs> the next poem by a female. Now you say I got the touch, it's so good. I make you never wanna leave, so don't. I'm gonna wear that dress you like, skin tight. Do my hair up real, real nice and syncopate my skin to your heart beating, because I just want to look good for you. Let me show you how proud I am to be yours. Leave this dress a mess on the floor and still look good for you. <laughs> Selena Gomez, yes. Another eloquent poem. These are two songs. If you, okay, by the way, if you have no idea what these two songs are, then you're probably over the age of 30 and not listening to the radio. These are two songs that are on right now, as of today, on the Billboard Top 20 list songs. These two songs are just giving us a little snapshot of the culture we live in. These two songs are saying one message. They are saying that women are viewed, presented, and talked about, unsung about, like a commodity. That's your first fill-in. The women are viewed, presented, talked about, and sung about 
like a commodity. What is a commodity? Commodity is something I use for a little bit. I get what I need from it. When I'm done, put it back on the shelf. I'm done. That's the women, women in today's world, that's how they're viewed and that's how they present themselves. Women are coming to us all the time. Take me, use me, do whatever you want with me. And then when you're done, put it back. That you, you turn one side, woman is telling you. You go to the other side, if you realize not, or another woman in our, in our culture and media is telling, you, telling us, use me, take me, do whatever you want with me. And when you're done, put me back. This is real talk. Men, let's be real. We wake up every morning. Subconsciously, this mentality is seeped into our, into our being, into our mentality. Before you even get out of bed, check Facebook, check Instagram, checking out all these chicks on, online, scrolling through their pictures. You're done looking at their pictures, close that app, move on. You get up, get ready for school, get ready for work. You get to school, check out this one girl, Take one look, take a second look, took a mental snapshot of who, what she looks like, look her up and down, move on, see another chick, you do the same thing. And subconsciously, this is the world we live in, that our culture, our society, that women are viewed, presented, talked about, and sung about like a commodity. Some of you guys are thinking, where have you been? This is a no-brainer. This, this is the world we live in. This is society. Like, I mean, it's all over the radio and TV and, and the shows, like the songs. I mean, these are just two songs. Like, I was, just live with it. This is the world we live in. Yeah, that's true. But the reality is life used to be a lot more worse than this, that women were treated a lot worse than what we have now. From the first century, women were, were, were treated as second-class citizens, degraded not even anywhere near the level of men. That, that prostitution was, was the norm, and, and committing adultery in, in marriages was, was the norm. Actually, a lot of men in the first century used it as, as birth control, that they would go have fun with, with, with prostitutes of the city and then come back to their wife. And this was just as expected. And if you were a slave owner and you had female slaves, you can do whatever your heart pleases to them. You can, you can, or if you just see them walking by, you can, you can have sex with them. You can do whatever you want with them. You own them. So from the first century, women were degraded, were worth definitely less than men. Then Christ came along and flipped that entire mentality upside down. And he said something that was a game changer. He said, listen up. We're going to tell you a new command. Pay attention. This is going about to blow your mind. Love one another just as I have loved you. By this, the rest of the world will know that you are my follower. Christ comes and says, and you come in. I'm giving you something new that's beyond what you already been living with. I'm telling you something that's going to blow your mind. Love one another. And I can imagine some of the guys saying, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we're all men. We love each other. Obviously, you're not including the women. No, I'm including the women. You love every single person that's ever walked on planet Earth with this divine love. The same love that I give you, this is how you should love every single person. I don't care their gender. I don't care their sexuality. I don't care their race. 
you love them with the highest level of love that I give you, this is how you love every single human being. By this, by this love that you show others, people will know that you are my follower. Then Paul came along, St. Paul the Apostle, and said the same thing from a different angle. He said, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And then some of the guys were thinking, love my wife as, as Christ loved the church? Didn't, didn't Christ die for the church? And Paul says, yeah. That's the extent that you need to love your wife. You want me to die for my wife? Yeah. To that type of love. And the men are thinking, this, this is a, a, a male-dominant society. We receive, we don't give. I don't think you understand, Paul. For all you single men, this is, this is your level of where you're trying to reach. And for us married men as well, absolutely. But this is your goal that you have to set in mind. That I'm aiming to love my queen, my future queen, to the point of death. Then Peter comes along and says this. Husbands, likewise dwell with them, your wife, with understanding, giving honor. Men, say this word with me. Giving what? Say louder. Giving what? Honor. Giving honor to the wife. What is that Greek word, honor? Here's, here's the literal translation of that Greek word, giving honor to the wife. To assign or ascribe her esteem, to give her high worth, to give her high value, to regard her highly or favorably with respect or admiration. That's what that word means, to honor your wife. I can just imagine, as St. As Peter is saying these words, some of the guys are probably like, you, how can you say that? You don't even know my wife. How can you say that I'm supposed to honor my wife? Then he takes it to a whole new level with this next part. Give honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. This, just, this was a game changer to the guys because they lived in a society that whoever had the might made it right. Whoever had the power is the one that made the shots around town. So Peter comes along and says, give honor to the wife as the weaker vessel. Okay, before any women you know, freak out what that means, is, is that women are, are more delicate. So you give honor to, to your partner, to the women of your life, because they are the weaker vessel. This, this was a game changer for the guys, because they only understood, the only thing in their mind is that you give honor to the emperor, to the king, to the people that had power. This will make sense. You honor the people that have power. But now Peter is saying, I want you to honor the women of your life because they are delicate. This is your job. God is telling us, this is a new day. Flip your mentality around. Now, use your might and power, men. Leverage that to honor your queen. Honor the women of your lives. Last part of the verse. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. 
she is your heir. Or some translations say she is your co-heir together in life. She is equal to you. She is your queen. You're supposed to honor her. And every time you look at any female, any female, the ones you're dating, not dating, mom, I don't care. Anytime you look at any female, you are looking at a, at a woman beautifully created and delicately created with God's own hand. The last part of that verse, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. So I'm from Georgia, for all you Southern people to, to give you a, a visual of what this is. This is God telling you, all right, boy, you can go out with my girl. I'm going to be sitting here on my porch cleaning my shotgun. <laughs> but you better bring my, back, bring my girl back in one piece. Bring my queen back. This is how you're supposed to honor all women. To the women that you're dating now, to the women that you, you like, but you want to play it cool, you want to take your time. For the girls, you don't really... You don't hardly have a thing for, but you know she likes you and you're trying to play it cool. For the woman that you like and you're just trying to get with her, just to sleep with her, all these women, these are the women that you honor. The last part of that verse. So as being heirs together of the grace of life, her being your queen, that your prayers may not be hindered. So as I was saying, if I don't honor women, then my prayers are not going to be answered? You betcha. That's hardcore. But if I don't honor women in my life, my prayers don't go anywhere. That's how big of a deal God makes it and how we view women. That's a big deal. He's saying your prayers are nothing if you don't honor women. This series is called Real Talk. So let's be real. Men, we're visual people. We are very visual. Our eyes are the what is what gets us into trouble. We go brain dead. We're just checking out girls left and right, up and down. We go for one look, we go for a second look. We try to play cool and, and just go for that third look. But it's today that we need to set new rules for ourselves. It's today that we need to renew our mind. The number one rule for men Renew your mind. Renew your mind to think differently. It's time for us to think about what do we consume with our eyes and with our ears. I'm not going to be the one to tell you not to watch your shows and not to listen to your music. But first step, just think about. Just think about the music that we listen to. Think about the shows that we watch, and how subconsciously that seeps into our mentality, if we know it or not. Think of how we are, we're listening to music that, that degrades women. I mean, we, these songs are, are telling women like, as if they're a little doggy, like uh, bend over, you know, turn upside down. We're doing all these things. We're treating women as if they're, as if they're animals. Men. It's real talk. Erotic images or porn. Every single time you sit there and entertain yourselves with erotic images, 
porn, pictures, video of naked women. You're going to school. You're going to school. And you're teaching yourself three things. At the school of porn, you learn a real body isn't good enough. One body isn't good enough. And your wife's body isn't good enough. Some of you single men are saying, okay, that, you said the last point, your wife's body isn't good enough. I'm single. There's, there's, I, don't, I don't need to worry about that right now. Yeah, you wouldn't understand. You're married. It's just innocent fun. I'm, I have nothing to lose. You might not understand this now, but you will when you're married. The best thing, the best thing for you single men to do right now for your future marriage is to check out of this school. If, if you don't get anything else out of this talk, the best thing you can do as a single man is to check out of this school for the sake of your future wife, for the sake of your health, for the sake of your sexuality. Studies have shown that the number one cause of marital issues is sex. Everything related to sex, expectations, frequency, satisfaction. And those issues are molded from our sexuality before marriage. We'll give you a little history lesson. For decades now, Christians have been saying, Christ, uh, pornography is dishonoring women, dishonoring your wife. It's not good for you. And society is saying, it's it's just a picture. It's just a video. It's, it's, you're not hurting anybody by doing it. You sitting by yourself and, and looking at these pictures, no, there's no harm to anybody. And now society, if you look at studies, now science is catching up to what the church is saying. Now society and, and, and scientists and, and counselors are saying, we, we put ourselves in a big hole. We have put ourselves in a big hole. I'm gonna share one quote by a professor named Dr. Marianne Layden. She's the Director of Education at the Center of Cognitive Therapy at the Dar Department of Psychiatry at the University of Pennsylvania. This is just one sample. There's so many studies on this. This is what she says. I have seen in my clinical experience that pornography continues to damage marriages. Pornography viewers consistently have lower sexual satisfaction in marriage aggression issues, sexual performance issues, compulsive and addictive sexual behavior. Pornography is raising their expectation and demand for types and amounts of sexual experiences. At the same time, it is reducing their ability to experience full, full intimacy with their wives. Research is catching up and showing the damage that just looking innocently at, at, at pictures and videos of naked women, the damage that's, that's occurring. And studies have shown that it scans of the brain, that what's happening to the brain is the same addiction that happens with, with heroin, meth, with other drugs, that it's destroying the brain. So single men, the best thing you can do for your marriage, the best thing you can do right now as a single man, check out of this school. Because we talked about last week that your present now, which will eventually become your past, will mold your future. 
what you do now is going to affect what happens to you in your marriage and in the future. So if you want an amazing sexual life and marriage, it's in your hands right now. You want the most amazing, highest satisfaction of, 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 of sex life and marriage? You control that right now. There is nothing more invigorating when you put when your entire spirituality, your psychology, all of your emotions, and all of your sexuality, and you put all that focus on one woman, on your wife, there's nothing more invigorating. If you're one of the millions of men that struggle with this, you're not alone. This is an epidemic in America. Conservative studies show that 65% of married men say they watch porn at least once a month. And over 75% of single men watch porn on a regular basis. This is an epidemic. Today's the day where you decide to make up your mind, to renew your mind. Don't just step up, but own up. Own this issue. One of the best books that really, really changed me is a book called Every Man's Battle. Men, this is in your hands to control it. Don't think when I get married, this will go away. Don't think, you know, majority of men do this. Own it for the sake of yourself, for the sake of your designer, the beautiful designer, God himself, who beautifully designed your sexuality. And we'll, we'll get more into that in a couple weeks about sex, but honor him. Honor him with your sexuality. Details of that book is on the handout. I highly recommend it. Take ownership of your issue. There's so many resource that, resources out there today to deal with this issue. There's, there's support groups, there's books, there's so many things out there for men to step up and to own their sexuality in order for them to honor their wife and to honor themselves. So to wrap up, I'm gonna share this challenge. This might not apply to all of you guys, but some of you guys need to sit with yourselves tonight. Pull out your phone, open your calendar, scroll to January 1, 2016, and make an appointment and write down, continue dating. There's a lot of single men out there that need to take a break from dating. You're continuing to hurt yourself. You continue to leisurely date. You continually, you're just acting like you're, you're just a man with a boy stuck in a man's body, disrespecting, dishonoring women, just wanting to use her to get, to get her into bed, and, and just destroying the girl. And you keep on linging her out and stretching her out forever. Don't worry, baby, once I get this job, we'll get, uh, then we'll get married. Well, after this, it's okay. You know, one night we can, we can make out this one more time and just, just come over to my place one more time. You continually dishonor women and you need to take a break. Sit with yourself and figure out if you're that man that is destroying what's the purpose of dating and you need to take a break and sit with yourself. This is difficult because I promise you, the second you sit with yourself tonight and do that, you know what's going to happen Tuesday morning at work? You're going to see the girl of your dreams. But believe me, the best thing you can do is to take that break. We need to train our mind to think differently. We need to renew our mind. 
we need to look ourselves in the mirror and say, I'm going to put the boy behind me. I'm going to stop acting like a boy. I'm going to start acting like a king so I can honor my queen. Some of us need to start putting website blocks, changing our password. Own up. Own your issue. I'm not just going to train my mind to, to, to not to look at women as a commodity, but I'm going to build myself into the man that my designer designed me to be. I'm going to leave with this. Men, at your wedding, if you get married in the Coptic Orthodox Church, at the end, near the end of the wedding, the church gives you instructions, your homework assignment as you're walking out the door. Hear these instructions the church reads you and ask yourself, am I striving to make these words real to me? My blessed son, who is supported by the grace of the Holy Spirit, you are required to receive your wife at this blessed hour with a clear conscience, a pure soul, and a full heart. Excel in doing all that is good for her. Have compassion on her and hasten to do which will gladden her heart. Today, you are responsible for her instead of her parents. You have both been crowned with the heavenly crowning and the spiritual marriage. The grace of God has settled upon you. When you accept what has been commanded of you, the Lord will take your hand, increase your livelihood, grant you blessed children by whom God will delight your eyes, grant you a long age and a prosperous life, and prosper your outcome in this life and the hereafter. Ask yourself, are you striving to make these words real to you? Are you striving to hear your homework assignment on your wedding day? Men, if you own up and you stop viewing women as a commodity, you start, start honoring the women of your life and you check out of this school of porn, you will become a very small group of men, of godly men. There are women out there that have given up looking for men, real men. But if you follow these and you become that man, you'll be very desirable. But it's up to us. Let's stand up for a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we come to you today as your children. Lord, we come with our struggles, with our habits. We want your grace, your power, your hand over our mind, our heart, over our sexuality. We want to be the man that you designed us to be. Give us the persistence, the perseverance, and the strength to become that man that you want for us and to become the children that you designed for us to be. Lord, I pray that the word that you have shared with us today, God, that comes deep within all of our hearts, for it to really sink in and for, for us to execute 
on this task. We thank you, Lord, for everything you have given us. We pray this in your name. For the prayers of all the saints, hear us, O Lord, as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.